Good evening. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish as we celebrate the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. In this week's bulletin, you will find the new weekend mass schedule, which will go into effect the weekend of November 5th and 6th. We thank everyone who responded to the survey. Your comments and concerns were greatly appreciated. Also in this week's bulletin is the parish's annual financial report for this past fiscal year. Though the formal requirement for masking has been lifted, we invite you to make your own choice to continue masking and or social distancing. The words and music for the entire Gloria are printed in the inside back cover of your hymnal. We welcome you to sing the refrain and all of the verses with us together. Please join in singing with us. Assisting us today are our lectors, Bernie Jordan and Madonna Smith. Our altar server is Stephen Slipko. I, Emily Leal Santiesteban, will be your cantor. Our organist is Bill Brinzer. And our celebrant is Father Michael Stumpf. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession and join with each other in singing our opening hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, number 613 in the Blue Hymnal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Good evening, everyone. 
continuing the journey with Christ on his way to Jerusalem. We continue to have our hearts, our minds opened by the Lord in his teaching of parables. And we continue to deepen our journey of discipleship with him and with one another. We know, as always, we must rely on God's grace and mercy to deepen this journey and this relationship. Lord Jesus, you are the word that gives life. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you are love, justice, and mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you journey with us on the way to the kingdom. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, grant that we may always conform 
our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Opening ourselves to the word of God this weekend, we're hearing from Exodus, and we hear about how Moses prays unceasingly even in the midst of battle. Second reading, we're hearing from the second letter of Paul to Timothy, and we've been hearing now for the last month or so, or month or two, Timothy 1 and Timothy 2, and now, uh, again, Paul and Timothy are great companions. They have great affection and love for each other. They're, they're fellow leaders within church community. And today he talks about the word of God and how the word of God must be proclaimed and lived by a leader. But it also is good for encouragement, correction, um, and uh, celebration within God's community. A reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, Amalek came and waged war against Israel. Moses, therefore, said to Joshua, pick out certain men and tomorrow go out and engage Amalek in battle. I will be standing at the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him. He engaged Amalek in battle. After Moses had climbed to the top of the hill with Aaron and Hur. As long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, Amalek had the better of the fight. Moses' hands, however, grew tired. So they put a rock in place for him to sit on. Meanwhile, Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, remain faithful to what you have learned and believed, because you know from whom you learned it, and that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are capable of giving you wisdom of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God, it's useful for teaching for reputation, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that one who belongs to God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in kingly power, proclaim the word, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Convince, reprimand, encourage through all patience and teaching. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. 
And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, while it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. He told them this parable about the necessity to pray always and not to become weary. Praying unceasingly. Well, that seems darn near impossible, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So let's just uh, learn a little bit, if we can, about what the scriptures are pointing to or some of the things that the scriptures are pointing to to us about what prayer is and what it isn't, what it means to, to pray, especially according to the, to, to the scriptures, both the Hebrew and the Christian. And so just a couple of things from both Exodus and then the gospel passage we heard proclaimed, and then just a bit about prayer itself. So first of all, I was always fascinated by this passage that we heard from Exodus about this battle against Amalek. And so, of course, I think probably most intrigued by it just because the uniqueness of Moses with his arms raised, getting tired, two people standing, Aaron and... I forgot the other guy's name, right? Um, so, uh, you know, who, who sit on rocks and basically or hold up Moses' arms. And it says that as long as his arms were raised, they got the best of the battle. When his arms fell, they didn't. And then, of course, <laughs> that wonderful line, and so they mowed down Amalek with the sword, right? It's such a great, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Right. And so, okay. So, but, but I was always intrigued by that, that raising of hands. And so, now, it's, I actually then delved into that a little bit and tried to understand what the scripture scholars are pointing to, what that is and what that isn't. And so, probably most importantly, what scripture scholars are uh, agreement on, because there's all kinds of disagreement what it, about what it means, but what they are in agreement about is this raising of Moses' hands and this prayer, staff in hand, and the support by Aaron and her. Thank you. Aaron and her. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> so, Aaron and her supporting. What it isn't is it isn't control of God. And the reason why scripture scholars agree that it's not control of God is because all throughout the Hebrew and the Christian scriptures, there is all kinds of laws and teachings that were against the other religions at the time and the cultic practices that would say, if you do this in this way, God will give you this, right? 
And so think about how often in the Hebrew scriptures there's pointing to things that they shall not do as they're, as they're uh, you know, doing their practices or their ritual or their sacrifice. And most of those things are against those cultic practices. We're not going to give you this for this. That's not what it is. And so there must be something about Moses' hands being raised and the support of Aaron and her that, uh, that, that means something or teach us something about prayer. And so here's my connection for that one. When do we do that? Thank you. We do that in the Our Father, right? And how does the Our Father start? It starts out by saying, Father in heaven, hallowed be their name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so there's something about this gesture, this openness, this hands held high, what we do in the Our Father, that's not about our control, but it's about being open to the will of God. You following that? Okay. Second thing from scriptures, just a little bit of insight about prayer before talking about it more generally. Now, we've been journeying with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. We're getting very, very close now. We know that he's moving towards his destination. We know he's, been, he's, he's had his mind, his, his face set towards Jerusalem. We know he's been teaching, encouraging, challenging, and we've been learning more and more about discipleship. And we've been learning uniquely in Luke's gospel on this journey to Jerusalem about the journey of discipleship through parables and through any number of parables that have been very unique and in Luke's gospel and none other, right? And so we've been hearing these parables from Luke and this teaching practice that Jesus does, particularly in Luke's gospel, like the parable of the coin that's lost and the parable of the two sons and the loving father that embraces in love and mercy after the prodigal returns and after the elder son disagrees with that situation. We've been hearing parables like the unjust steward who is praised for his prudence with his fellow men and the economic dealings, right? We've been hearing unique parables like the parable of the poor man, Lazarus, and the rich man who has no name, and the chasms that are created in this life and in the next. And now we hear another parable, and again, what parables, these unique parables, and as all parables are supposed to do, is once again, they're trying to open us up, tear us open. They're not trying to confirm, they're not trying to support. They're trying to shake us up, twist and turn a little bit, tear our hearts open for an area of creativity so we can enter into an interpretation of that and some ways experience or understand something different in the kingdom of God, in our lives, in our experience, so that that can be more real in our lives and relationships and actions. So that's what it's trying to do, not support, but open us up to a new possibility. And so we hear this parable. Now, again, I have no right to stand up here in front of you and interpret a parable because everybody is invited uniquely into it. But just a couple of insights about today's parable that kind of lead towards prayer. First of all, neither, again, this is just like the unjust steward parable. This one confuses us, right? <laughs> because think about the two people here. Neither one of them are doing what they're supposed to do. We have a judge and it says, I love it, this judge neither, neither has any respect of God or any human being, right? 
Now, now think about that. This is a judge. This is somebody in a position of authority. And if you look back at the Hebrew scriptures of what a judge must do, is a judge is supposed to be just with all people. And particularly, there's a call to the leaders and the judges and those who enact the laws to have a particular care for poor, the widow, and the orphan. And you have a widow in today's gospel, right? And so this judge is not doing anything that this judge is supposed to do. We have a woman uh, who is a widow, right? And she's going to this judge. Now remember, she's not doing anything she's supposed to do because she, in, her, in this society and culture, has no right and no status to do anything. She has no man connected to her life. Obviously, it's just she's advocating for herself. She's not in the shadows, but she's going repeatedly to this judge and demanding, and she has absolutely no right, and this would be crazy in, in, in Jesus' culture and time, right? And so she's not doing anything. She's going over and over again. She's her own advocate. She's her own lawyer, if you will, right? That's what she's doing. She's not doing what she should. And there's something about this parable that's supposed to teach us something about praying unceasingly and not becoming weary. And so here is the key to this parable, I believe, and the teaching about prayer as well as the teaching of prayer from Exodus. And it's simply this, I believe. Once again, the most fundamental and encouraging and challenging and I think inspirational definition of prayer is prayer as relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with self, relationship with others. Prayer is about relationship. Notice that the woman demands relationship. She demands what she's deserved. She, she is persistent about it. And even though the judge respects no God or human being, enters into, finally, relationship with this woman and gives what is due to her. And then Jesus goes on to say, now how much more, different than the unjust judge, will God give to you who ask for what you need? but will he find faith on earth? And so it's about a sense of relationship. Relationship with God, self, and others. Now, just, just moving to, to just a general understanding of relationship, prayer, and, and what that means, and prayer in general. Think about relationships. Do you control, or are you able to control another person? That's a formula for a disastrous relationship, isn't it, right? And if you've tried that, some of you are nudging the person next to you, right? 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 It's not about control. As a matter of fact, a relationship is about entering into the mystery of another person and sharing the mystery of yourself. And if you think about it, it's not about control. Very often, as you grow in relationship, it's, it's about trying your best to understand the mind, the heart, the, the will, the understanding, the, the need, the desire of someone else, and, and trying to, to, to somehow be part of that. 
right? And not only is it trying to understand the mind, the heart, the will, the need, the desire of someone else, but it's also bringing your full self, being more and more transparent, being more and more vulnerable, and being more and more honest about who you are in both your blessedness and brokenness and your very own need. That's what happens when relationships grow. And prayer is relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with self, and relationship with others. And so I ask about your prayer, however that's lived or manifest. Is your prayer a growing and deepening relationship? You sharing self with God and God sharing self with you. Is your prayer controlling or trying to control or is it freeing? Are we trying to do our best to understand the will of God, the justice of God, the love of God? Or, or is it just our own will that we're, that we're after? Are we growing in that self-giving mystery of the mystery of me shared with the mystery of another? Are we open to the will of God? open to what this relationship might bring in our lives. Because ultimately, our lives are centered in are, and are about a relational prayer with God and with one another in God. That relationship is transformative, mysterious. That relationship, that that love, that growing, is what our lives are all about within in God. And so, yes, we are called to pray without ceasing. That's not giving up on the relationship, doing our best to understand the will and being the best to bring ourselves fully, not giving up unceasingly. As God's people, we together stand and we proclaim and profess one faith. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things are made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, who's crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds in the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. 
I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. God's grace, God's love, God's justice poured out upon us and upon all. We bring these needs and prayers of petition. Our response is, hear us, O Lord. For an increase in prayerfulness toward and trust of our patron and mother Mary, especially in this month of the rosary, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. In the words of Pope Francis, Mary, Queen of Peace, comfort of the martyred Ukrainian people, and obtain from the heads of nations the strength of will to immediately bring the war to an end. We pray. Hear Hear us, O Lord. Lord. For the courage and safety of all communities affected by Hurricane Ian and other weather disasters, we pray. Hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord. For healing and peace in Thailand following the violence of October 6th, we pray. Hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord. For all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering may be eased by our prayers, we pray. Hear Hear us, O Lord. We go forth in this Respect Life Month that we grow in appreciation and care for all life, especially those who are most vulnerable. We pray. Hear Hear us, O Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Rosemary de Sabato and Esther Lewis, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom. We pray. Hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Today we remember Annabelle Marie Carol McEachin. All the intentions present on the altar and those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Hear Hear us, us, O Lord. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, together we pray to Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray pray for for us. us. Please join in singing our offertory hymn, number 678, Dwelling Place, number 678.
So pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. To the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all God's holy church. Grant us, Lord, we pray, a sincere respect for your gifts, that through the purifying action of your grace, we would be cleansed of the very mysteries that we serve through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father of mercies, faithful God. You've given us Jesus Christ, your Son, as Lord and Redeemer. He showed compassion for children and for the poor, for the sick and for sinners. He became neighbor to the oppressed and the afflicted. By word and deed, he announced to the world that you are our Father and that you care for all of us as sons and daughters. And so with all the angels and saints, we exalt and bless your name. We sing a hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death. Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of Christ's death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, 
Giving thanks, you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, with all of the clergy, with all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face and have mercy on us all, we pray. That with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Putting ourselves to God's will, uh, sharing our will and need as well. We raise hands to God and at the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sin, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. We offer one another some sign of Christ's peace.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word and my soul shall We unite with the community who is joining us remotely tonight as we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are in the Blessed Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I long for you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart as though you have already come. I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Please join in singing our communion hymn, Earthen Vessels, which may be found in the inside back cover of your hymnal.
As God's people, let us together stand and let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we pray, that benefiting from participation in heavenly things, we may be helped by what you give us in this present age and prepared for the gifts that are eternal. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our closing hymn, number 641, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, number 641. We will sing verses 1 and 2. Thank you. 